0: Let's read Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for Food. I'll read that again. God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, let's jump to chapter three, Genesis chapter three, and I'll read verses one through seven, if you'll permit me. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you do what? Die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband, man, man, man. And he ate too. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Hmm. Lord, let your word not return void tonight, but let it go forth and do exactly what it's been called to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So out of reading those two passages of scripture, can you guess what we're going to talk about tonight? Nope. Joy. We're going to talk about joy. Can you believe that? It didn't sound like anything joyous in that text right there. We're going to talk about joy. It's kind of titled um, this, this, this conversation tonight. This is a song back in the day called Joy and Pain." by Rob Bass. Anybody remember that song growing up, Joy and Pain? Joy and pain, I like sunshine and rain. I was going to have them play the track, but I was afraid Pastor Brandon might start doing the MC Hammer or the Running Man, so I'm like, I don't want to break out into a dance party, especially while Pastor Frank ain't here. I don't want that kind of them kind of issues. Uh, I, I didn't want that to happen, because Pastor Brandon would definitely do that. So I figured I'd just tell you the song, Joy and pain, sunshine. And can you be by Pastor Brandon? A little bit. I, I, I figured a little bit. All right, I know, I know. All right. Joy, joy, joy. Joy is not the absence of pain. But joy is the total sum of God's gift to mankind. Joy is not the absence of pain. But is the total summation of all the gifts that God has bestowed to mankind. All of it. The good, the bad, all of it. Your promotion at your job, you getting furloughed. All of it. It is your ability to see God in it all. Joy is the response of love. Peace, grace, mercy, should have been, could have beens, and the gratitude that accompanies the aforementioned. That's what joy is. It is, the, it is the culmination of all the things that we try to put into words about who God is. In, your, in the best of times, And in the worst of times, joy. It is being in the moment, the right now, the overwhelming revelation that this very second is a part of the gift that I was given, which I didn't even deserve. Being in this space, in this place right now, recognizing, being consciously aware, had it not been for the grace of God. I wouldn't have crossed over into 2021. That's what joy is. The Bible says it's unspeakable joy. Full of glory. Joy. Joy. It's having everything and then some. It is being able to qualify God's goodness when things are going great. And when I've cried my eyes out for days and weeks at a time. Joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Emmanuel, God with us, joy, joy. It is everything that you need, it is provision. Deuteronomy 22 says that as thy days are, so shall thy strength be, joy. God thought enough of you to give you your portion for the day. And everything that came with the day. The unexpected news of tragedy. The text you wasn't looking for. The breakup. And the makeup. Only the up again. Joy. Joy. So what I want to give you tonight, very quickly, is context for how we remain... In a place of joy. Oftentimes, joy has been tied to how life is going for us, right? So if you can't find no man, then God, why are you forsaking me? You're laughing because you can't say amen. You got to say how so You got to laugh. Joy. When is it my time, Lord? And so we can't see God's goodness because his goodness is tied to my condition versus the reality of him being good and that goodness being gifted to me regardless of where I am in the chapter of the book he's writing of my life. Joy. Joy. I'm not going to get a whole lot of amens here today. I know it's okay. It's cool. I'm all right with that. Because I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon anyway. <laughs> joy. I got joy because I'm going home. No matter what y'all say about me, I'm going home. Joy. I got joy about that. So the first thing that we've got to be able and willing to do as believers is to check our, our point of view or Our perspective. Joy, number one, perspective must be intentional until it becomes instinctive. The proper perspective must be intentional until it becomes instinctive. What do you mean? Many of us view life as solely the glass being half full. Many of us. Here it is, God has given Adam and Eve everything they need. All the trees. They got the Krispy Kreme tree. They got the Sonic tree. Come on, somebody. I know y'all all excited about that Sonic down the street. I know, I know y'all were. Stood in line for hours. Come on. The orange tree, nobody goes to the orange tree. We only go to the Krispy Kreme or the Sonic tree. <laughs> Every tree you can imagine. The fellas got PlayStations fives growing out the ground, you know I mean, everything that you need. the Bible says that everything that was pleasant to the eye and good for you good for, for everything that you need was there. Trees, football trees, New Orleans Saints trees just winning Super Bowls every year everything I needed. everything I needed. now here it is. Somebody comes and whispers in your ear that it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And you believe it. What do you mean, Pastor Ronald? Well, listen, I I love this device. I love this device. This can, this device can be your path to millions or it can literally destroy you. I know a friend right now who he does uh, business deals solely on his phone, real estate, virtually solely on his phone. Last year, he made like $80,000 part time from his phone, never visited a house, sold homes, flipped homes and states. He didn't even live in from his phone. And I've watched people shrink in a corner somewhere and scroll, scroll, constantly reminded of what they don't have. Constantly reminded of, you know, the life that they wish they could have or they think they deserve. Constantly reminded, scrolling, scrolling. The enemy's whispering in your ear. Everything you got going on over here, all the great things you got, the things you prayed for years ago, God has given them to you. And now they're weights. Now the change. You over here living your life and God is, and, and the enemy's whispering. But what about this over here? What about you don't have this? You don't have this because he, he told Adam and Eve that you'd be gods. They had the wrong perspective. at the wrong point of view. It amazes me that we in the American church specifically, we still run after money, even though we see over and over again how many people are committing suicide with money, depressed with money, The Bible says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into heaven. I'm not saying money is a bad thing. I'm saying the proper perspective is required. See, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens, Julie. I knew I wasn't, Julie. I knew I wasn't. And I'm okay with that because I'm leaving tomorrow. Perspective. And so what God is saying, I need you to have the proper perspective perspective on your life because what happens a lot of times is we do this this is our life right here, this whole stage is our life and what we will do is we'll come to this this corner over here where it's it's shining the brightest and we say, oh I'm sorry I gotta stay within my speaker these are my margin lines and we'll say oh look at those drums, and look at those trees and look at the the lights over there and I, I, I want that and my life is not complete until I get those things And God's like, that's only part of the story. That's only part of your world. What about over here, where the millions of people would kill to have your story? They would kill to live where you live. They would kill to even have a bank account, much less money in it. But we don't do that. We're not fair in our assessment of God's goodness to us. We're not, I'm gonna say it again. We're not fair in our assessment of God's goodness to us, church. I'm gonna say it one more time. We're not fair in our assessment of God's goodness because we've decided that what we have—watch this—we deserve. We've decided that what we have, we deserve. And so if God was really good, then I would have that. The only problem is when God gives you that, you look in another corner. And you're comparing yourself to somebody else. And we never come over here and have a total life perspective. Total life perspective. When I did that, my my, my mindset shifted. I remember when I prayed for these little rascals I got at the house. I remember it. I remember it well, y'all. And now 2020 came and I'm like, Jesus, help me, God. (laughs) My five-year-old was kicking my behind. Trip was kicking my behind, y'all. And T.A. was following right behind, kicking my behind. My name changed to dad, can I? Dad, can I? Dad, can I? Dad, can I go outside? Dad, can I have the iPad? Dad, can I have this toy? And then my daughter got real cute with it. Please, 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 daddy. And then when I said no, then it shifted to something else that was just not heavenly at all. <laughs> and so then my office became my car. I'd be like, babe, I'll be right back. I'm gonna get you Starbucks. I got you. Then my Starbucks run was like 45 minutes long. And I would just sit in my car. Thank you, Lord. Perspective. God reminds me every time you pray for these kids. I didn't pray pray the right prayer, though. I didn't pray specific enough. Because you see some kids, you see some kids when you're like, hey, hey, you know, hey, can you sit down right there? And they sit down, no problem. Not my kids. Not my kids. I've installed GPSs. All my kids use. You just never, it, it, you just never know where they're going to be at. Me telling my kids to do something is—it's almost like it's a dare for them. It's—it's it's a dare for them to like. Trip, can you sit down, please? He's like, and they'll sit down long enough to feel like they've satisfied some sort of a prerequisite to go back and start running and playing and flipping and breaking things in my house again. And so what I have to do is have the right perspective because I prayed for this. I prayed for this. I prayed for this. God gave me all the things I prayed for—a beautiful wife. She's ambitious. She's a go-getter. She's a hard worker. Got her own business. She's about that life. She's, 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 the, she's the very thing that I need. Until she starts to critique me. Now, hold on, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait. I'm the head of the house. What are you talking about right now? What are you doing right now? I'm the head. Excuse me? But God, you prayed for this, Ronald. And then he starts giving me scriptures about washing your wife in the work. God, I don't want to hear that right now. But God, like, adjust your perspective. Adjust your perspective. Have a total life. Understanding, Because in his presence, the Bible says "is fullness of joy. So what I have to do now is recognize, watch this, that when you're in the will of God, the provision of strength comes. And so I am in God's will. Being a father, being a husband, puts me right in the center of God's will. And so I have to now shift my focus from not having enough to knowing that I have enough. Are you hearing me right now? Shifting my focus from recognizing that everything I need has already been provided before the foundations of the earth. So now when my perspective gets adjusted, I can go back to the table now and the strategy table and realize that I'm the problem. Watch this. I'm the problem. Ronald, you can't, you can't be a father to toddlers and be on your phone. Y'all gonna talk to me today? You can't, you can't, you can't be a, a father to toddlers and, and, and try to live a regular life right now. You're not in that season. So I'm used to, when I, when I, was, when I was first married to DeAndra, it was like, oh, you wanna go out? Let's go out. Shoes on, we're out the door. I'm not in that season anymore, Olivia. I'm not in that season anymore, Mary. The season I'm in right now requires me to get up earlier to take care of my business so that now I can serve my children. I don't want to get up early, y'all. I'm a musician. I'm a creative person. We do our best work when? At night. At night. So now I've got to adjust. Not because, watch this, not because I don't want to. What I've done is I've been resistant because I don't have the right perspective. The perspective, the reality of it is the season in my life has changed. I didn't change with it. God, hear this. The season of my life has changed and I have resisted it. And now I am I am suffering emotionally. I am questioning God's sovereignty, and God says, you have not shifted. So I had to get in God's presence long enough to hear him tell me, no, everything in my presence is still yes and amen, the, and, and my presence is still joy. You've got to just come where my presence is. My presence is no longer here. My presence is here. So when you come to where my presence is, that is where provision will be. And now I'm fulfilled. And when I am full, I can be joyous. Many of us are not, we are not, we don't have that joy unspeakable full of glory because we're outside of God's will. And so you don't feel fulfilled. Your fulfillment comes when you walk in the purpose of God. Watch this. And when that purpose is enough. And when that purpose is enough. See, many of us, will say, I'll, 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 I'll walk in your will, God, but I still want that thing over there. It's like my son in the store, we'll be walking in Target and he'll be like, Dad, can I have this toy? And I'm like, no, right, not right now, Trip. We'll have it later. And so we're still walking. We're walking away from it, but his eyes are still set on that toy. Because in his mind, he's trying to figure out a campaign and a strategy to get me to turn back around, to go back to the thing he wants. And that's what many of us do. God, I'll go to church. I'll read my Bible. I'll trust you, but I want that. I want, I want you to do that. God, I'll serve in ministry. God, I'll, I'll, I'll clean the toilets, but I, I really want that. And God says, You got to shift. You got to shift. Because it'll never be enough. Life without God's purpose is never enough. It'll never be enough. And when I say God's purpose, please don't get religious on me. I'm not talking about you being up here on the stage or doing. I'm talking about walking in God's purpose for your life where you are. This right here, this right here gets no more reward, rewards than yours. Just so we're clear, my, my, my jewels won't shine on my crown any, any brighter than someone who's been called to be an amazing mother to her children. Than someone who's been called to love people while they drop off packages for UPS. Are you hearing me? And so adjust your perspective. Adjust your perspective. Number two, Mind your business. That's all. Mind your business. Mind your business. Not mind your business. Mind your business. This is important to tap into the joy. Watch this. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12 says this, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. Literally, I'm not, this is not my word. This is the text. To mind your own business and to work with your hands as we command that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack what? Nothing. We said earlier about how God has given you everything you need for your day. As thy days are, so shall thy strength be. But how much strength are you giving and diverting to other people's business? How much time are you giving to what's going on in other folks' life? Some of y'all still going back and looking at your ex's profile. This man married with three kids and you're still looking back like, dang. I should have said yes to the high school sweetheart dance. I still should have did that. Mind other folks' business. I read an article that said Facebook alone is responsible for 20% of all infidelities. 20%. Now, it's not Mark doing it. It's like he's not hooking people up. But we have a thing, I don't know if they still call that, y'all tell me young folks, roll it into the DMs. Roll it into somebody's DMs. Mind your business. Everything that you need to be successful and have a fulfilled life and a life in Christ, God has placed on the inside of you. But guess what? It is not, it is not a thing that you can be a, a, a poor steward of. You cannot be a poor steward of all that God has given you and expect the blessing to fall on you. So in other words, um, I used to go to this church and, and, you know, it was like one of those kind of, hey, you come bring me your shoes and God's going to give you a blessing in 30 days. You come, you come, I need, I need, I need 10 people to sell a thousand dollars and those 10 people in 30 days, you're going to see a tenfold harvest. Well, I call some of those people. I know some of those people. The harvest never came. Not because of that. God is not a lazy God. Just not. Like to expect random checks just pop up in your mail. It's not how God works, y'all. He can do it. He has done it. I received one this year, just a random, and it wasn't a stimulus check either. I, I, <laughs> I received, Randomly, my wife needed a certain amount of money for the next phase of her business. And we were like, I don't know where we're going to get it from, baby. And literally the next day, miraculously, the exact amount appeared in our mailbox. So I know God can do it. I've heard that testimony before. I've never experienced it until last year. I know he can, but typically God says, and we go back to the text in Genesis, you're going to have to work. And if you spend your time, if you spend your time working on things and doing things that don't profit you any, you're not going to feel, you're not going to be fulfilled. And again, we say in his presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence is the fullness of, it is, it is, it is the, it is the, it is the comprehensive Uh, 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 a collection of God's best for you. And this is what he means when he said, we're going to have to give an account of everything that was deposited into your life. You're going to have to give an account for what you did with it. What did you do with the time? What did you do with the resources? What did you do with the relationships? But for many of us, it's easier for us to blame God. Then look in the mirror. Introspectively examine ourselves. This is about joy, by the way, just so we're clear. This is about joy. Smile, joy. Mind your business. Focus on that, which you got. Put your hands on the plow and do what God called you to do. And when you do that, I'm going to tell you right now, man, there's so many times, I know that I'm in God's will. Here's, here's how I know. Because there's so many times when I wake up on Sunday morning and I know this is going to be bad to say. I don't want to come to church. Now, Pastor Brandon, on the other hand, he, he loves it. He just, he, he wakes up, he's ready to roll. That's not me. Sometimes. Sometimes I literally want to stay in my pajamas and just wait for the game to come on. Fellas, don't leave me hanging, fellas. Come on, man. Come amen. Give me something, amen. I literally do that. But every single time I kick myself out of bed and I kick myself in the shower and I get in the car and I make it here, I never leave disappointed. I never leave disappointed. Never. And I'm not just talking about coming in and just sitting there. I'm talking about engaging the presence of God. Engaging the presence of God. A lot of times we come to church and we want God to do all the work. And we can't realize, we, we, can't, we can't understand why we left empty. We don't understand why we, we left unfulfilled or unsatisfied. I was counseling a couple a couple years ago, and um husband says, man, my wife is, she's not, she don't, you know, I, I try to do romantic things for her, but she don't receive it. She don't, you know, she's like kind of whatever, whatever. She don't really like vibe, but then she wants me to do romantic stuff, but she don't really say, thank you or respond to it or whatever the case may be. And I told her and she, she kind of, she, she affirmed and said, that's the case. Like she just, whatever reason she wants romance, but she doesn't want, you know, to, you know, be in that intimate vulnerable space. And I told her, said, listen, if you want your husband to be vulnerable, it requires an exchange of vulnerability. Y'all not talking to me right now. I know, I know. If you want someone to be vulnerable and to give something to you, there needs to be an exchange. It's the same thing with heaven. There needs to be an exchange that happens. But we want to just sit there and say, I'm a woman. I deserve it. Lavish me, romance me. Or, or I'm a felon. I'm, I'm, I'm not about to lift my hands. I'm, I'm too cool for that. So you're not engaging the presence of God, but you still want the benefits of the presence of God. And God says, "I'm so, I'm so intentional about my relationship. Is I can, I can, I can, I can come and have a moment with you." And then and skip over you because you're not really interested right now. And then have a moment with you, and then skip over you because you don't seem really look like you're still thinking about what you want to eat for dinner. And so so I'll, I'll come over here. He's that specific. He's that specific. I'm done. Third point. If you want to live and dwell in the joy, unspeakable, full of glory, watch this. Don't confuse a detour for a dead end. Don't confuse a detour in your life for a dead end. Listen again. Don't confuse detours in your life for dead ends. Even though God told Adam and Eve after they, after they sinned that they had to leave he still made a way for them. His love and I, don't, I know people say the Old Testament God, he was mean and he was striking, his love was in, in, in operation, even at the point of him having to uh, uh, push them out of the garden. He made a way. He didn't The, the trees that had the crispy the cream and the sonic, they, they, they were not in abundance. Uh, on on the outside just yet but look around look around you can see you can see the fruit of god's love you can see the fruit literally pun intended of god's love some of you all got furloughed last year that's not your end some of you got laid off last year after 10 and 20 30 years off of your job that's not the end some of you got evicted from your home or you had to sell your home so you wouldn't you know, have a foreclosure. That's not your end. God knows how to masterfully write the story of your life. The Bible says it right here. He says, I'm the author and the finisher of your life, of your faith. I'm the author and the finisher. So the thing that I started If you're questioning if God is done in your life, are you still breathing? The answer is yes. That means he's not done. He's not done. He's not done. And so there's joy in knowing that God still has purpose, that he wants to ooze out of you. He wants to ooze more purpose out of you. He's got a plan for your life still today. Yes, at 50. Yes, at 60. Look at Pastor Frank. 60 years old. Still kick him. All the things he goes through to make sure he's, he's up here ready to go, painting his hair and, and, and the needles for the Botox and, and, and all the different things that he does to make sure. I'm joking, y'all. Don't edit that out, Elder. I'm just messing. J-j-joke. Don't confuse a detour in your life for a dead end. Father, we thank you that you are meticulous in your plan for our lives. We thank you that your promises are yes and amen. You're not fickle like we can be sometimes, you don't change your mind like we do sometimes. You don't fall short of provision like we do sometimes. But you thought so much of us that you gave us everything we needed even before we were formed in our mother's womb. And so help us to be aware of your presence. Because as we are aware of your presence, we can tap into the joy that is found in your presence. And we can know that there's still joy, even in pain. That there's still sunshine, even in rain. And We'll give you thanks, and we'll give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank God. Can you clap your hands for Jesus this evening?